Three new awards from the Technology Modernization Fund will address legacy IT problems. The Army, the Office of Personnel Management, and Housing and Urban Development will get a total of about $36 million. Sandra Lopez is Chief Technology Officer for Lidos Enterprise and Cyber Solutions Operations. Sandra, welcome. Thanks for joining me today. That's problem of moving from legacy to modernized platforms has been challenging for agencies across government. How are you seeing agencies successfully make these kinds of moves? Welcome, Sandra. Oh, thank you, Francis. Uh, let me start by framing uh, the discussion with speeds and feeds uh, metric. Lidos has completed about thousand, more than 1,000 public and private cloud migrations, helping government agencies across the spectrum, military and not, uh, to migrate workloads efficiently and securely. We have a subsidiary, 1901 Group, that specializes in cloud migrations, orchestrating with processes and tools that facilitate those efforts. Uh, you've identified a very uh, interesting conundrum that our customers face every day. Um, we have a tried and proven approach to address this challenge. Uh, our military U.S. forces, for instance, face this very challenge every day as they modernize and converge command and control systems. And this is as part of the JADC2 efforts for multi-domain operations. Um, we have used this approach in, with the Army, in particular with the Advanced Field Artillery Tactical Data Systems, ATITS, and with the uh, JDOCs, the Joint Automated Deep Operations Coordination System. They are both software applications that are legacy. They had to be uh, moved to the cloud. And then they had to be continually uh, designed, redesigned, engineered, extended uh, through various integration efforts. Um, our unique um, uh, process and approach to it allows us to not only possibly lift and shift those applications, we could refactor them, we could simply wrap them with microservices. All of them are valid approaches to enabling those legacy systems to be integrated into newer cloud-native systems. When you do those transformations, how do you decide which of those paths that you just outlined is the right one? Because I'm not sure you could ever catch an agency CIO saying, yeah, we're just going to lift and shift this application from uh, a data center setup to a cloud setup. Nobody wants to admit to that, but it sounds like there are times where that makes the most sense, where that's the best move for the for the agency. You're absolutely correct. Um, sometimes uh, the factors that surround the application determine the path you take, the age of uh, the application, meaning how long it's been in service, the coding uh, and architecture structures that were used when it was first developed, the, um, uh, the sustainment tail end that has gone into it, and particularly the operations maintenance uh, tail end as well. All those factor into um, how uh, worthy an application is to be, uh, to be lifted and shifted and extended through microservices or how well it fits into a refactoring and that's the only way to go forward. We do an assessment when we are, are tasked with a particular activity like this and that assessment enlights us uh, on the parameters that uh, surround the application or the effort and uh, we weight uh, those, uh, uh, those assessments results and we submit to the customer uh, possible courses of action. 
and we jointly uh, make that decision with the customer. Are there common themes or common components of these transitions, regardless of whether it's a lift and shift or, or, or a complete rethinking of the application, or maybe even a redesign of the application for a new business process or whatever? Are there commonalities among the successful ones that you've seen, Sandra? Yeah, so we've seen um, most of uh, the applications that are newer in time, something after the uh, probably 1995 timelines are probably the most uh, amenable to lift and shift um, or refactoring. Uh, but the ones that are older than that are possibly lift and shift with uh, extensions uh, with microservices. Um, one of the things that agencies are trying to move to is broadening things across their entire enterprises using um, enterprise IT as a service. What are you seeing uh, as far as how agencies are doing that, how they're attacking that problem uh, at the beginning, and how they're realizing success with that, Sandra? Well, thank you for that question. That's uh, that's a 50,000 uh, penny question. Um so we see a, uh, a trend in the market to go to uh, outcome-based uh, uh, delivery, which would be equivalent to an enterprise-as-a-service kind of consumption model. Um, we see that being prevailing in the more aggressive ones that don't have many security concerns with um, with uh, uh, partners and military uh, type of uh, 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 classification levels. Uh, with respect to um, applications where we need to transition a customer uh, to that, we see a journey, um, a journey of maturation and a journey of conversion. Um, uh, it's very hard to consume these services and go from one mode of operation to another. It requires a cultural change, a cultural change in the contracting as well as in the consumption side. And it requires partners, meaning industry being a partner with the customer as they take on this journey for maturing into an enterprise as a service delivery model. Um, it is viable. It is feasible. But uh, overall, you need a commitment um, to actually try and, um, and uh, change. And that is hard to, uh, to inject in well-established enterprises. You mentioned JADC2 earlier, Sandra, and I'm fascinated by that project mainly because of what it requires from the department. It requires all of the services pulling in the same direction basically at the same time and at the same speed. What's your involvement with that? What What is your level of, of integration there? And what do you see coming out of JADC2? What kind of progress do you see happening as the services try to, to make this work? Yes, Chatsy too is it's uh, a uh, it's somewhere in the vicinity of maybe uh, five to seven years uh, vision. Uh, every step that the U.S. service branches take now with respect to modernizing their enterprises and um, uh, re-engineering themselves has to account for that uh, ultimate outcome, which is to be able to operate in an all-domain command and control uh, environment. Uh, our initiatives are broad. We are actually working with all of the branches, all of the service branches, the Air Force, the Army, and the Navy on their respective initiatives. The Air Force uses uh, the Advanced Battle Management System as the framework towards JETC2. The Army is Project Convergence, and the Navy is Project Overmatch. Um, LIDOS uh, was recently awarded a spot uh, on the Air Force's uh, Advanced Battle Management System, 
Digital Infrastructure Consortium. And um, Lidos is one of five awardees. And as a member of that consortium, we are collaborating with those industry partners um, in, in the design, development, and deployment of uh, those modern uh, JATC2 capabilities that all of the uh, U.S. service branches need in order to uh, to actually collaborate and uh, coexist and integrate in, in that um, environment. Um, we, we know that uh, every major vendor, every major integrator in, uh, in defense is currently working on uh, opportunities for uh, moving forward their position for uh, joining JATC2 or helping the, the services join JATC2. Uh, Lighters is uniquely positioned. Our experiences, our partnerships in commercial industry, our technological proudness with our R&D and position us perfectly for bringing our decades of uh, systems integration and digital modernization expertise to bear uh, in order to make this a reality for our military partners. What's the role that a vendor partner can play in something like JADC2? There's a big concern when these programs started that, okay, the Air Force is going to be over here doing ABMS, and the Army's going to be here doing convergence, and the Navy's going to be over here doing overmatch, and never the twain shall meet. And it strikes me that it's not just Lidos, but you're, you're one of those partners, as you just laid it out there. And it strikes me that there's a, a unique role that you can play for helping each of the other services understand what the other services are doing. I know their offices are talking to each other. It's not the same as being in there actually doing it together every day. And it, it seems to me there's a unique role that you can play there. Am I reading that right, Sandra? You're absolutely correct, Francis. Um, there's a, an element of trust that as a partner of the various service branches, that you've worked with them to get where they're at now, and that you are a perfect partner that you can work with to actually move them forward. That's a lot of uh, engineering that has to happen. There's a lot of discussion that has to happen, a lot of standardization that has to happen. And also the, the large uh, uh, SIs and partners that have been there with them uh, over the years, are best positioned to help them get to the next level. We definitely have to partner with our customer. We have to be a facilitator for their wants and desires and be the innovators that bring to bear that technology that is going to make it all happen. So we need to work hand in hand with them. I want to go back to the beginning of our conversation, Sandra. We were talking more broadly about IT transformation, modernization at the beginning of the conversation. What's over the horizon? What should a federal leader, whether it's civilian or military, be thinking about as far as showing up on her radar screen a year from now or two years from now or whatever, or somebody that might be focused on the tactical stuff that she has to think about today? What strategically do you recommend people pay attention to? Oh, so there's, um, I call it my trifecta. Um, there's uh, the enterprise itself. Uh, they should move to a software-defined enterprise where you can automate and you can orchestrate uh, the components of that enterprise. So to, if at all possible, choose options uh, and vendors and products that are software-defined. They are easier to automate and orchestrate. Secondly, um, uh, data-driven operations, uh, reducing those silos, data silos. Make sure that you establish the capability to collect data that helps you uh, make decisions in a real-time basis and that um, provides that if mined properly 
and analyzed properly can give them actionable insights into where they uh, need to uh, work or um, address. And then there's, of course, the decision support. AIML um, and has become the general uh, facilitator for um, assisting our uh, our decision makers and supporting them as they start taking real-time events and real-time um, uh, data and making decisions based on that. So, uh, so those, those three are technology-driven. There's a fourth one, and that has to do with the workforce transformation. Um, they need to probably look into how to get that workforce to be savvy about uh, the new way of operating, uh, particularly DevSecOps, uh, site reliability engineering principles should be used in that workforce transformation plan. No agency and no market should ever go at it um, without having a workforce transformation effort. All right, you snuck an extra one into the trifecta, so I guess I'll box those the next time I go to the track, Sandra. Thanks very much for joining me today. It's great to have you on the program. My pleasure, Francis. Thank you.